Hello and welcome to the Hearts Handled Sports Podcast. This is episode number 65. My name is Ismael Sanjuan. Thank you so much for being here. Medvedev stops history defeating Djokovic in straight sets. Djokovic will not have the Grand Slam this year. Also, Ronaldo returns to United, scores two goals. Amazing, amazing stuff. Ronaldo, you are ridiculous. And in the NFL, week one is in the books. Packers and Saints was a great game. We'll touch about that. Well, not so much a great game. The Saints thoroughly destroyed the Packers. We'll highlight that game. Chiefs versus Brown, a really good game. Chiefs comes back against the Browns. We'll talk, talk about that. And then also I'll mention some players that impressed me in week one and some players that didn't impress me in week one. All of that on this episode of the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. Medvedev beats Djokovic in straight sets, denying Djokovic the opportunity of completing the Grand Slam. He was one win away from completing it at the U.S. Open, but Medvedev beats him 6-4, 6-4, 6-4. And thirdly, he looked like the be- the better player out there on Sunday. He looked like he belonged. He obtained his first career Grand Slam victory, um, the U.S. Open. It was funny. His celebration after the match was funny. He did a little... Uh, FIFA one, like the dead fish. That was funny. Uh, but in the match, I think Djokovic, the commentators highlighted it, and I think they were correct. He looked like he didn't have his legs under him. Um, I think that match, that epic match against uh, Serev on the on the semifinals, that took its toll. Um, I think that was the match of the of the of the tournament. Uh, Serev played an incredible match, um, five set match. Both of them left it all out there. 53-shot rally. It was amazing. I didn't get to do a video on it because, you know, time time went by too quick. But that match was amazing. It was ridiculous. And I think Djokovic, uh, all those um, losing the first set against other opponents, you know, playing four, four sets against um, most of the competition in the U.S. Open, I think that took its toll. He was on the court um, way longer than Medvedev coming into the final. So I think Medvedev was just fresher. Uh, he took care of Felix in the semifinals very quick. And Djokovic, you know, he, he took care of Severev, but it, it took him a while. It was it was an extraordinary effort that he, he put forth on that match. And I think it caught up to him. I also think there was a lot of pressure in Djokovic. You know, I've highlighted it on this channel, on this podcast. I've I've been one of the ones that have always, you know, highlighted Djokovic's mental, mental strength, his mental capability. That's just, it's ridiculous how he's able to just... Um, focus and get through sets, get through matches. But I think uh, there was a lot of pressure. Even after the match with Severev, he said that he was going to treat this match as if it was the last match of his career. And, you know, a lot of us were, you know, just highlighted like, okay, that just means, you know, it's an important match. Like he's giving it the the important, the importance that it needs. But if you think about it, if you play like it's the last match of your career, that's that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure um and i think he you know it got to him he, he wasn't playing his best and to be honest medvedev he was playing really good his serves were on point he he kept switching up he he kept going wide he kept going down the line so medvedev his serves were on point um djokovic could not get a read on them medvedev got some easy points and he won most of the longer rallies but i don't think even i don't think medvedev played like his super cleanest game ever there was a lot of drop shots that Medvedev did not hit properly. He gave uh, Djokovic a chance to get a good return on it. And for some reason, uh, Djokovic just kept messing them up. But he, they were either getting long 
or he wasn't he tried to do some chip shots that weren't there and and um Medvedev you know finished the point but that just gave me it gave me like a, a realization that you know Djokovic was, that was not him that was not him out there I think the pressure got to him um, and understandably so like a grand slam has not been done a male grand slam has not been done since 1969 a lot of pressure there's a reason why that's why that's a thing and you know it is what it is. I think he felt kind of relieved when he was down, especially in the third set. It felt like he just wanted to get out of there. Like he was he was down five one at one point, and it just looked like, okay, let's get out of here. Like let's wrap it up. Like uh, this is too much pressure. I want to go home. Like I want this to end. But to his credit, the New York crowd did back him up. They uh, they were cheering for him. Uh, they were rooting him on. They were being loud. Um, they kind of got Medvedev startled a little bit. He served to to um, he served for the match. He had a championship point. He couldn't close it. And then Djokovic held his serve twice, uh, made it interesting in the fourth, in the third uh, set, made it 5-4. But Medvedev, you know, closed it out 1-6-4 in straight sets and thoroughly deserved it. And it was glad. I was I was happy for Djokovic because usually he's the villain. A lot of people like to uh, root for the, for the underdog when it's Djokovic playing, and uh, especially these U.S. crowds. So Djokovic did talk about how the crowds was – in his favor and it, they really like you know it brought him a lot of joy that the new york crowd for once was actually behind him and they were rooting for him and i think that was nice i think that was nice for djokovic to be able to experience that at least once in his career but i think uh like at least for myself we all just wanted to see a great match like i was rooting for the comeback uh i was rooting for history too like i um, I wanted to see Djokovic complete it. Uh, I also didn't mind Medvedev winning. It, it would have been fine either way. But I did want to see another like great match like we saw with um, Djokovic against Zverev. I wanted to see a great match. So when there was an inkling or like there was a chance that Djokovic was, you know, starting to get some momentum in the third in the third set, I, I was getting excited. I was like, hopefully he could, you know, you know, force a tiebreak or something and win the set. And then we got ourselves a match. There's a lot of celebrities in the stadium, like more than usual. I, I would like to say there was uh, like they kept panning to the to the arena, different sections of the stadium, Arthur Ashe Stadium, and there were so many stars. Like everybody was there, so I'm pretty sure the crowd. And it was quick. This match was very quick. It, it lasted a little bit over two hours. It could have ended in like right about two hours if Medvedev would have won on his serve. Um, if he would have won. Um, 6-2 I think it would have been if he would have held his serve in the third set if he wouldn't have if he wouldn't have gotten broken it would have been like right right above two hours so I'm pretty sure some of these people that were going into the stadium it took him about two hours to get into Arthur Ashe Stadium with New York traffic and all that stuff and I think the Nets and the Mets were playing like just a little bit down the, down the street so I'm pretty sure some of these people you know it took him two three hours that you know they were pre-gaming they were doing some other stuff that lasted more than two, three, the two and a half hours that this match lasted. So I think that had to do a little bit with it, but I'm happy that Djokovic, you know, got to feel um, how it feels to have that New York crowd behind you. It, it did seem that uh, it, it gave him a little bit of, uh, you know, he, he like his intensity went up, his game went up a little bit. He changed shirts. I think that helped him out a little bit too for some odd reason. But in the end, I think uh, Djokovic was just tired. It was a tough draw. It, it was There was a lot of pressure. Um, to get the Grand Slam, everybody was talking about it, and uh, and not just the Grand Slam. He was going to go for, you know, the first um, of the big three to get to 21, the first to do a Grand Slam, a calendar Grand Slam. There was a lot of stuff going on. 
Um, but unfortunately for him, he he does not get it. But I will say this: I think Djokovic is gonna be the one that gets to the to 21 first. The Australian Open is the next Open that's coming, um, the next uh, mass major that's coming, and Djokovic has won that more than anybody else. So I think still Djokovic should be the favorite to get to 21 first. Federer is old and he's injured. Nadal is injured. We'll see how they come back, but. Uh, I think Djokovic, if, if anything helps him sleep at night, is he's still in the driver's seat to end up with the most Grand Slams in the career. And regardless, if he didn't complete the calendar Grand Slam, he still had an amazing year. And, you know, one of the best years by any professional male tennis player ever. And he's 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 still the number one player. He's he's had the record for longest running number one player. So overall, great year from Djokovic. Um, and congratulations to Medvedev. He did his thing. You know, his serves were on point. Um, his movement keeps surprising me for a big guy. He's 6'6", and he moves ridiculous in the court. He could get to any ball. Um, and, yeah, congratulations to Medvedev. Uh, this is probably the first of many, especially now that this seems like it's, like, it's a turning point in a lot of their careers. It looks like Severev, he's getting ready to, you know, win, win some championships. And Medvedev finally breaks through of his generation, beating one of the big three in the final. So overall, the U.S. Open was an amazing tournament. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, great turnout. It was great to have fans back. Oh, amazing way to end the the um, the major season. But let me know what you guys think. I, I enjoyed the final. I wish we could have been. We could have had a little bit more of a spectacle. But, you know, it is what it is. Medvedev won in, in straight sets and... Djokovic was denied history. Well, moving along, Cristiano Ronaldo scores two goals in his return to Manchester United. Ridiculous, ridiculous scenes. What, what a man, man! This guy's ridiculous. Every time he does something, he, he, you know, I lose my, I lose my breath. I lose any sense of reality. It's ridiculous what this guy does. It would have been amazing if he would have completed it with the hat trick, but nevertheless. Um, United take care of Newcastle 4-1. They look like a really, really nice team. They're definitely going to contend for the Premier League title. They're number one right now. And it looks it's shaping. It looks like it's going to be a great season in the Premier League. Um, it, it's already, you know, a big, big cluster in the top. Manchester United, 10 points. Chelsea, 10. Liverpool, 10. Everton, 10. Man City, 9. Brighton 9, Tottenham 9. I believe Tottenham was first and they lost and now they're 7th. So that's that just goes to show like the type of season that we're having. Whew, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for this season, but Manchester United, like I said, they got their talisman back, Ronaldo doing Ronaldo th things. The first goal just you know, just shows you the type of player that Ronaldo is. Now, nowadays, you know, he, he doesn't do those fancy dribbles no more. He doesn't, he can't take on like two, three players. I mean, he has his moments, but for the most part, he's not running down the flank anymore. Um, just doing pretty step overs and body feints and all that beautiful stuff that United fans were used to back in the day, 12, 13 years ago when he was rocking the, the seven for um, Manchester United. And now he's a clinical finisher. He's a box threat. He's still a good leaper. He's still a good header. Uh, but his instincts to be at the right place at the right time are unmatched. He he knows he knows how to follow ball trajectory. Kind of reminds me if you guys ever watched um, the the last dance when uh, when he was talking about how he got he gets his rebounds. 
uh, Dennis Rodman, and he he just knows like, all right, if the ball hits, if the ball hits the the rim this way, I know it's gonna end up here. And if the ball is spinning this way, I know it's gonna end up here. And that's how he kind of um, was explaining how he was able to get so many rebounds as not like you know he's like he wasn't a seven footer, he wasn't like six eleven, he was like six eight, six seven, and he was able to get all those rebounds. I think Ronaldo just knows he knows how to read shots, he knows how to read you know what where a keeper is gonna push the ball. He He's just an exceptional. That's that's an elite talent of it in of itself. And you could tell Ronaldo just knows how to be at the right place at the right time. He saw that there was a shot coming in, a strong shot that the goalie, you know, was gonna have some trouble. And, you know, he was there for the tapping. And that's that's a quality in of itself. Like he had to be there and he was there at the right place. He gets his goal. The 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 second goal he had was beautiful through ball, beautiful first touch, powerful left. Left uh, foot strike between the goalie's keeper, between the goalie's legs, just amazing. Ronaldo, that's one of the Ronaldo finishes, just through the legs of the keeper, straight through the grass, basically slicing through the glades, the blades of grass. Nice, nice goal by Ronaldo, and it was just scenes. It was just scenes at Old Trafford. It was amazing. It's ridiculous what this guy could do. It was seven in the morning where I'm at, and it was just like that. Ronaldo woke me up. Uh, obviously, seven in the morning. I'm still kind of a little sleepy watching the first few minutes of the game. But Ronaldo, with his with his, with his performance, with his charisma, with the energy that he brings, definitely woke me up. And United looked dangerous, man. Bruno Fernandez scored a screamer. Pogba was still there, getting some assists, doing his thing. Jesse Lingard comes in, scores, puts in a performance. Four-one against Newcastle. It is Newcastle, so we got to pause, but. I think Manchester United is now must-watch TV. Ronaldo's must-watch TV. The Premier League is now must-watch TV. It looks like it's going to be one of the best seasons we've had in a long, long time. And Ronaldo lives up to the hype. He's If you need a storyline, if you report uh, sports, soccer, Premier League, football, Ronaldo is your man. He, he's going to do noteworthy stuff. He's going to create your headline. And he does it again. This man just does not continue to amaze me, and the the things he does on the on the pitch is just ridiculous. It's just amazing. It's he he breaks Twitter. He breaks you know other teams' hearts. He's just a performer at the ripe age of thirty six. I hope this man could go forever. I hope he, he could play till like he's 42, 44. We've seen Brady do it. It's a different sport. Yeah, I know, but with the way Ronaldo takes care of his body, he still looks like a physical specimen. He could still jump out of the gym he still looks like you know he's ripped he looks like the most fit player on on his team in any team that he, he that he goes he he's he's the player that's in the best shape and i wouldn't put it past him to be a performer to be a great player into his 40s it's just ridiculous what this man is doing and it's an honor to be able to watch him for however many long however many years i've been watching him like 15 plus years it's ridiculous you know growing up ronaldo was the hero for for people like me growing up i was i wanted the mercur- mercurials i wanted to you know put the socks over my knees i wanted to do step overs i wanted to do you know cut bags chops all that stuff because ronaldo was doing it and it's just crazy that you know i'm 26 years old now uh my soccer career is long long gone long behind me and there's still the the youth you, you go to high school games you go to you know sunday league rec, rec league games and it's still, you know, it's still, it's still the guy. He's still the guy that most people want to be like, that most people want to, you know, dress and, you know, rock their 
cleats and shin guards and all that stuff. And this guy is just a phenomenon, and it's amazing to be able to see him in the Premier League again. When he was in the Serie A, it was a little harder to see him. Serie A, you know, doesn't have, you know, all the cameras and and um, people's attention like the Premier League does. So for him to be back in the Premier League is just amazing. And I can't, I can't wait to continue to see him perform the rest of the season. And United are definitely title contenders now. They're they're in that conversation, and if you don't put them there, that's that's on your. That's probably some Man United hate that you got, but United, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, they're going to duke it out to the end of the season. It's going to be an amazing season, and I wouldn't pass, put it past uh, Ronaldo carrying um, United to the to the championship, to the Premier League championship. So let me know what you guys think. Ronaldo's return to United, it was everything I expected and more. Um, this guy is, is a living legend, and I'm so happy that – we both get to enjoy to see him play. But moving along, week one of the NFL season is in the books. And there's some games that I want to highlight. The Packers lose to the Saints, just get annihilated. They let Jameis Winston score five touchdowns in his you know debut for the Saints as the starting quarterback. Uh, losing to them 38-3, just annihilation just ridiculous stuff the saints who were one of my teams that i put as a team that i thought were going to be in the mix they're going to be you know one of those teams that are fighting for that sixth and seventh um playoff spot the wild card spot in the nfc but this performance is just it's an eye-opener the packers who were the number one seed in the nfc last year 13 and 3 to beat them 38 to 3 it's just Super impressive, super incredible um, to ho- um, hold Aaron Rodgers to 133 yards, intercept him twice. Um, Jameis Winston looked nice, five touchdowns. He didn't throw the ball too much. Um, he's actually, that's the lowest amount of attempts for a quarterback that throws five touchdowns. He only throws um, 20 attempts, 148 yards, just super efficient. Kamara looks like the real deal again. Whether it's running, whether it's receiving, he's one of the best weapons in the NFL. And Sean Payton just looks like, you know, he's going to be in the contention for Coach of the Year. Obviously, it's overreaction Monday, so there's a lot of overreaction going on. But I think I saw enough of the Saints, barring any injuries. Um, And obviously, if Jameis Winston could just keep even kill, he doesn't have to throw five touchdowns, even three. Like, two is fine per game. But, like, the way he's able to stretch the, the field is... It's amazing. The Saints haven't been able to do that for a while. We all know that Drew Brees was in the latter stages of his career. He he, he was never he he could go deep. Um, he went to deep a lot in his career early on, but towards the end of his career, it, it really was difficult for him to stretch the field, to throw those bombs, to do anything above like 30, 30 yards. So to be able to have Jameis Winston, who has one of the strongest arms, or he could zip it, he could definitely throw 50, 50 60 yard passes. It really opens up the the field for the Saints, and once Michael Thomas comes back, it's just going to be even better. I think everyone jokes and calls him Slant Boy, boy, but or the Slant King or whatever, whatever you want to call him. But if if he's able, to, if Jameis is able to establish that long ball, it's just going to be even better for Thomas when he comes back. He's just going to be able to go, go and use that space for the, all those slants that he loves to run. So just 
amazing performance by the New York New Orleans Saints. Um, they they weren't playing at home. They weren't playing in the Superdome because uh, of the hurricane. So hopefully everyone's doing fine. Hopefully you know you're able to stay away from the hurricane. But they played in Jacksonville, and they took care of the Packers. They play outdoors. We'll see how the Saints do when they go back home um, inside of the comfort of their home. But impressive, impressive stuff by the Saints. I I do think the Packers. Uh, came out with a little bit of a lull. We all know that Aaron Rodgers had all that drama going off in the offseason. So I, I did make a, a segment in one of the previous podcasts saying that that was either going to be a good thing or a bad thing. The last dance. We all know um, it could rally. It could rally the team. It could rally, you know, the locker room and be like, you know what? We're not sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to be here next season. He's an all-time great. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever. So if we don't win it this year, you know, we're not going to we're not going to keep getting these chances with the next quarterback. Hopefully love is the real deal, but we don't know. So if we want to win a chip like personally or as a team, like you could look at yourself and be like, you know what? Like, I want to win a chip before I retire. Like, let's go do it with this guy before he leaves. So that could have been one of the reactions or the other reaction is like, damn, this guy's going to leave. Like, why are we even listening to this guy? This was about a dip. Let's just go with Jordan Love. He's going to be here for the future. Like, let's just start, you know, getting ready for that next chapter. Or if you're in a bad situation, you know, you're in the playoffs, you're about to get eliminated. It could just add to the stress or to the, you know, your nervous, your nervousness, knowing that, oh, damn, this is it. We're going to lose right now. And Aaron Rodgers is going to leave. And that's it. And it's looking like that's obviously overreaction Monday. But from game one, it looks like it doesn't look like they're rallying together and they're you know, everyone's joining forces and they're like, let's do this last dance. Let's send out Aaron Rodgers with the chip. It looks like, you know, it, it discomb- discombobulated that locker room and, and they, they came out flat. They came out with no intensity and you can't do that against the Saints, regardless if it's Drew Brees or not. You can't do that. And it shows 38 to three just gets annihilated. We'll see how they bounce back. Aaron Rodgers did say it's just one game. There's 16 games left. That's 100 percent correct. It is just one game. They they are, they still are the team with the reigning MVP. They were thirteen and three last year. I'm pretty sure they'll bounce back. They are my Super Bowl pick. I thought they were gonna rally behind them. So this was a weird scoreboard to see, but I I still believe in the Packers. I think they get this thing around, and they ride the ship, and they'll still make some noise. I believe in Aaron Rodgers, and what I will, I would what I would take from this game is that the New Orleans Saints look like they're gonna be there. They're going to be there in the end. I don't know if they're going to win the division or or even, like, you know, be the fifth seed or anything like that. But I think they, they will definitely be in the hunt when Week 17 comes around. And I'm happy for Jameis Winston. You know, he got that LASIK surgery. Uh, he was with the Bucks before Tom Brady. So, you know, one of the worst franchises in the NFL. But hopefully he's able to revitalize his career with the Saints and he's off to a good start. And the other game I wanted to highlight was the Chiefs versus the Browns. The Browns took an early lead. Um, I had some people texting me that um, are Charger fans. So, so they were saying, oh, man, the Chiefs are going to lose. It's great. It's great. And in my head, I'm like, hey, you got to chill. Like, it's the Chiefs. You never count out the Chiefs. The Chiefs are always alive. And I have another buddy that's a Raider fan, and I've talked to him about how the Chiefs are never dead. And he kind of looked at me on Sunday. And he was like, yeah, I don't think this game's over. And I agree with him. I'm like, it's it's a 20, it's like a 10-point lead they have. It's not even that much. And sure enough, the Chiefs come back, bomb to Hill, 
uh, forced the turnover, touchdown, interception on Baker Mayfield, game over, Chiefs win. You know, you're leading the whole game. You're, you're controlling the time of possession. Um, if you look at the time that you were leading compared to the time they were leading, it's all in your favor. But when it matters in the crunch time, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, the defense steps up a little bit. A special team steps up a little bit. And they get it done. And they follow the trend that they were doing last year where, you know, it looks like they're going to lose. It looks like they're going to lose. And they pull it out the bag. So it looks like that trend, they're, they're keeping that trend. Obviously, the Browns are one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, they have a loaded roster. So, you know, this might not point to the Chiefs doing the same thing as last year. Because last year they were doing that with, you know, some lesser teams that they should be blowing out the water. But the Browns are definitely a team that they, you know, they got a, you know, they're a threat. They're a good team. They're going to be there at the end of the season. They're going to make the playoffs. So impressive win by the Chiefs. Showed a lot of composure. Came back in my homes we trust, right? He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's amazing career. He already has a lot of these comebacks under his belt. So just don't panic. You got you got Mahomes, and he's one of the best quarterbacks. If, he's the best quarterback. It's, that's all I can say. And the Browns, I don't think the Browns should, you know, have their heads down low today. Obviously, this one hurts. Um, it'll, it'll hurt from Baker Mayfield. There's a lot of doubters out there for him. Um, he's trying to get that contract. He's trying to get paid. And to end the game at interception when you tr- – when you're trying to drive down your team for the win, it, it looks it looks a little ugly, but, you know, he's trying to make a play. Obviously, he should have thrown it away or just tucked it, take the sack, but you live and you learn. He was trying to make a play. You can't really blame him for it. Um, the teammate did make a lot of mistakes. They could have, you know, protected the ball better. Um, Chubb but with the uncharacteristic um, fumble, the punter not being able to handle the punt, trying to run for it instead of trying to punt it again. There's a lot of mistakes that the Browns could clean up. And, you know, another thing that the commentators did say that I agree is that the Patriots used to be the threshold. They used to be, you know, the your litmus test. You, if you were good, if you played good against the Patriots, if you ever beat the Patriots in the regular season, you were kind of considered a contender. Now it's the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs now, and the Browns were right there. They were about to beat them. They were going to put everyone on notice, and you were going to be like, damn, these guys are for reals, but unfortunately they can't. They don't walk away with the victory, but you should still take take some positives from it. You were able to keep up with them. You kept up with them in the playoffs, and now you're gonna get OBJ back. He was he was a scratch. He didn't play, so hopefully you know there's no problems with his knee. Um, he's able to come back and you know help that team. He's gonna help them stretch the field. He's gonna help them with the run game. So it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good thing that they're taking the time with him. They ease him in. You don't want to lose him. You don't want to bring him early. He's a key player. He could tremendously help this team. He could take. He could help Baker Mayfield take that next step into uh, not just a good quarterback, but a great quarterback. So obviously it hurts. It hurts for Browns fans, but I think the Browns are a quality team, and they'll be there. They'll be contending for the North with the Ravens and the Steelers and even the Bengals. The Bengals look pretty good. But overall... What we learned from this game is that Mahomes will be Mahomes. Andy Reid and Mahomes, one of the most dynamic duos. Tyreek Hill, almost 200 yards on week one. You know, this guy is ridiculous. He's amazing. Give some respect for Tyreek Hill. A lot of people don't have him, you know, their top five. But the things he does in the field, uh, not a lot of people can do. So the Chiefs, you know, I think I think they'll be the, they'll be in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to win the West. So 
they come back in present fashion. And the Browns, you know, back to the drawing board. It is what it is. It's the Chiefs. It happens to everyone. Just keep building, building blocks, building blocks. We'll see. You might even see them in the playoffs again. I would not be surprised if that it's a matchup in the playoffs. And it would be a good game. I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Let me know what you guys think. Did you guys enjoy the game? What could have what could that Browns have done to win that game? Obviously, you know, the punter just punted. They have a good chance. But I wouldn't put it past uh Mahomes to drive them down the field and take the lead. So it would have came down to Baker Mayfield driving them down the field um for a touchdown, regardless, in my opinion. So they gotta work on that. Two minute offense, take care of the ball. And I will say this. On that last drive, when they had to go for the touchdown, they started with the run. And, I mean, I I know that you have two of the best running backs in the league and you want to keep the defense honest, but in my opinion, that's a little bit of a telltale sign of how they still look at Baker Mayfield. If they looked at him as an elite, elite quarterback, top of the line, you're not you're, you're down three points. You're down four points. You need to go for a touchdown. Time's running out. You're... you're going four wide receivers out and maybe uh, a running back flanking your quarterback from the shotgun. You're not running the ball. In my humble opinion, I might be wrong. You know, it might, it might have been the smart thing to run the ball. But in my humble opinion, if that was any of the elite quarterbacks, you're not running the ball from center. You, Aaron Rodgers would not have been doing that, even if he had a chub or anybody. Um, Brady would have not done that. Maybe a draw play or something. But this was they were under center. They went run game. So... I might be overreacting, but I think that's a little bit of a telltale sign of how the Browns think of Mayfield. He still needs to elevate his game a little bit because, like, in my opinion, if you're one of the great quarterbacks and you're down four points with, like, under three minutes, like, give him the ball, let him bring us back. We're going to throw the ball down the field. Like, give him the ball, call the right play, even let him call his play. We're just going to start throwing, like... But it is what it is. They do have one of the best run games in the NFL. So that might have just been it. But that's kind of the reaction I got from that. But let me know if I'm wrong, if, if you guys agree with me, and if you guys enjoyed this game. Some players that really impressed me in week one, uh, I want to start with Jalen Hurts. He looked very impressive against the Falcons. Uh, he was running around the field. He made impressive throws. Uh, obviously, it's the Falcons. They don't have one of the best defenses, so we got to relax. We got to, uh, you know, take it with the grain of salt. But I think Jalen Hurts, he's, he took a positive step. Um, even if it is the Falcons defense, it, a lot of this NFL stuff is about confidence, believing in yourself. So I think Jalen Hurts doing good in week one is going to do wonders for him. He's going to help him with his confidence and, you know, just believing that he belongs. And there was a lot of talk about Minshew getting traded to the Eagles. I think we could all put that to rest. This is Jalen Hurts' job. And as a week one audition, he did great. I have him in my fantasy league in a couple of leagues. I'm very happy for how he performed. He looks like, you know, he can make some throws. He could run. We knew about his legs. So very happy about Jalen Hurts. Another player that impressed me, Kyler Murray, five touchdowns. Just incredible what he Kyler Murray, I think uh, you're an amazing quarterback. Number one pick. Obviously, you're like in your third year now. Hopefully, you make the playoffs this year. Hopefully, you know, your coach doesn't hold you back. But very, very impressive. Kyler Murray, if there was a week one MVP, it was Kyler Murray. And uh, But he had an impressive teammate, another player that impressed me, Chandler Jones. Five sacks, just terrorized Tannehill. Didn't allow him to do anything. 
with the help of J.J. Watt, now Chandler Jones could be in for the best year of his career. He's a sack machine already, but with J.J. Watt being there next to him, he might just go for 20-plus sacks this season. He might even break the record. He has five in the first week. He needs, what, like 17 the rest of the way with an added game. Chandler Jones in the early, you know, record book watch. You got to keep an eye on Chandler Jones going for that sack record starting week one with five sacks. Tannehill is going to have nightmares with Chandler Jones. Um, that offensive line is going to have nightmares with Chandler Jones. You know, he was going up against Taylor Lewan and, and, you know, their other tackle. And Taylor Lewan is one of the best tackles in the NFL. So it's just even more impressive what Chandler Jones did. Also want to highlight Matthew Stafford on Sunday Night Football. You know, after all the hype that, you know, we've been talking about Matthew Stafford, um, Sean McVay finally gets a, you know, a talented quarterback that he doesn't have to, you know, babysit and, you know, run all these QB friendly plays for. He could finally let it rip. And Matthew Stafford, you know, just going down the field, throwing a beautiful football, doing that bootleg, uh, keeping control of the offense. Matthew Stafford looked impressive, over 300 yards, um, three touchdowns passing. Matthew Stafford, he's one of my, he's one of the people that I think are going to contend for MVP. And, you know, strong showing. The Bears have a good defense, too. So to do that against the Bears is very, very impressive. Matthew Stafford, one of the players that really impressed me in week one. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see him the rest of the way. I think the Rams, because of Stafford and McVay and their defense, they're going to be a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. Another duo um, that really impressed me, I want to give a shout-out to Darnold. He had a great game. Played against his old team in the Jets. He was talking about uh, how it was just crazy lining up for the national anthem and seeing the Jets and all his teammates, his past teammates, and all the people that he used to, you know, share a locker room with. A lot of boys. He had a good stat line. He, you know, he was throwing the football around. He he passed it to, you know, Roby Anderson and his other wide receivers. He has a lot of weapons. He looked good. I'm excited for the Panthers. They were my team that... Um, they were my surprise team to make the playoffs in the NFC. And Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury, he did his thing, man. Running the ball, catching the ball. He's, you know, one of the most complete running backs, if not the most complete running back with Kamara in the NFL. And he just showed he just showed uh, the Panthers and the NFL what the what they were missing last year. And as an NFL fan, as a fantasy football fan, Christian McCaffrey he's he's just ridiculous. He's amazing. The stuff he could do on the football field is ridiculous. Uh, he's so shifty. He's so strong. He catches the ball like a wide receiver. It's great to have Christian McCaffrey back. He's a he's a player that impressed me this week. And I got two more uh, for players that impressed me this week. Uh, don't forget about don't forget about Thursday night football. Dak Prescott coming back from that horrific injury, throwing over 400 yards, almost leading the Cowboys in a away victory at the Buccaneers when they were you know celebrating the ring, celebrating the championship. To play that good. With no offseason, with no preseason, with no training camp, basically because of the shoulder. Dak Prescott, impressive, impressive stuff. I'm a believer in Dak Prescott, deserves that contract. The Cowboys are going to win the NFC um, the NFC East. Dak Prescott with one of the strongest performances in week one. And in a loss. I think he's the only one that I put here with the loss. And to wrap it up, Jamar Chase, uh, over 100 yards. The rookie looked good with the Burrow. Um, there was a lot of talk about his drops, that he wasn't adjusting well to the football, the NFL football. There, a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter. Week one, he goes deep. He catches a bomb. He has other catches. He goes for over 100 yards. And 
a burrow defended him after in the press conference saying oh you know i thought he couldn't catch the ball or something along those lines so it was funny it's great I, i love to see that from burrow defending his guy um his lsu teammate jamar chase one of the players that impressed me in week one obviously there's other players that played really good but i can't highlight all of them these are just the ones that caught my attention let me know what you guys think what are some players that impressed you guys obviously there's teams there's players on your guys teams that you guys root for that did good so you know let me know who else did good who deserved a shout out um in the comments or on twitter but yeah just my list one more time jalen hurts impressive showing week one Kyler murray Chandler jones they did their thing for the cardinals matthew stafford you know lived up to the hype for the rams in week one christian mccaffrey and darnold it's good to see mccaffrey back good for darnold to you know stick it to his old team Dak Prescott, after that horrific injury, comes back and plays an amazing game in the season opener. And Jamar Chase, after all that talk in the preseason that he couldn't adjust to the NFL football, just goes off in week one. Great to see it. Uh, Like I said, let me know what you guys think and let me know if uh, you guys have any other players. And on the flip side, players that did not impress me in week one. Let's get to it. Julio Jones, under 30 yards, was a non-factor. Um, he's one of the reasons why I thought Tannehill was going to win Offensive Player of the Year. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown um, are two elite weapons, one of the best wide receiver corps or duo, in my opinion. And with Derek Henry in the backfield, I thought that was just going to really boost Tannehill. To be fair, I could put Tannehill, too. I could put Tannehill in here, too, as players that didn't impress me. Or I could just put the whole the whole Titans team here. They did not show up. Julio Jones had a penalty that his coach brought up in the in the post press conference, but you know he needs to do more on the field. Um, Julio Jones, they traded for him. There was a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype around the Titans. Julio Jones needs to step it up. He needs to not you know draw those dumb penalties. Uh, another player that didn't impress me, Daniel Jones, uh, week one against the Broncos. Another fumble. More turnovers. More of the same. Doesn't look like he has command of the pocket. Doesn't look like he's not inspiring. He's not inspiring me. I'm pretty sure he's not inspiring Giants fans. I've seen them on Twitter. I've seen them on Reddit. Daniel Jones, in my opinion, is not the guy for the Giants. They need to move on. He, I don't. I, I'm losing patience in him. I've, a lot of people have already lost all their patience with Julio, um, with Daniel Jones, um, and he keeps fumbling. He doesn't take care of the football. And when you're a quarterback, that should be your number one responsibility: taking care of the football keeping your team in good down-to-go distances, spreading the football, reading defenses, all that good stuff, but protect the football. And Daniel Jones is one of the worst, if not the worst, quarterback to do that. So week one just reiterated that for me. He, In my humble opinion, he is not the guy for the Giants, and they need to move on from Daniel Jones. He cannot take care of the football. Another player that did impress me, I already highlighted it a little bit when I talked about the Saints versus the backers, but Aaron Rodgers... Came out flat. A lot of drama this offseason. A lot of chit-chatter going on. The Pat McAfee show um, getting an interview that gets played right before the game. A lot of chatter with Aaron Rodgers. I like the guy. I enjoy his segments His segments in the um, in the podcast with McAfee. And, you know, I enjoy what – I did not blame him for what he did in the offseason. But to say he had a bad performance in week one is an understatement. Probably the worst career the worst game of his career in the regular season. Josh Allen came out flat. Uh, he, I think he deserved that contract. The Bills had to pay him. They got their guy, but uninspiring performance in week one. Yes, he did play the Steelers. Yes, he did go up against the 
highest paid defensive player ever in TJ Watt. But, you know, you expect Josh Allen to do more, and he was not able to elevate himself or the team to um, in week one. So you know, I got to put him on the list. Uh, do I think any of these guys are not going to be able to turn it around? Uh, no. So far, the list is Julio Jones, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. I think all of them could turn it around except Daniel Jones. I have lost <laughs> I have lost hope with Daniel Jones. I don't think he's the guy. And like I said, I, uh, you guys, the Giants got to move on from Daniel Jones. And the last player that didn't impress me in week one for my list, Thursday Night Football, Elliott. I know he I know he was going against that vaunted Bucks defense, but he doesn't look like he has that pop. He doesn't 